reading by Sister Eunice. Thank you, Yaki. Uh, let's open our Bible in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And he said, Go and say to these people, Hear and hear, but do not understand. See and see, but do not perceive. Make the heart of these people fat, and their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Thank you, Ate Eunice. Now, I would, before I call on our word of God, uh, if you would like to ask everyone if you got a mobile phone to turn it off or put it on silence, please. And now I would like to call on for our word of God, Brother Alvin. Thank you. Good morning, church. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad. Um, Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord. May this be a productive day for us, Lord, that we are able to hear your word, that we may be able to take your word inside in us, Lord, and we can come out to the world and proclaim your word and so that they can see your glory and your majesty that was in us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So... Um, so I hope we can still be friends after this preaching. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the verse that we have read today is from Isaiah. is actually I've taken out from the context when Jesus was talking to, um, to the crowd about the, uh, about the parable of the sower. So if we can read the parable of the sower... It says in chapter 4, verses 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teachings said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It rang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But then the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even a hundred times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parable. So, so they were listening to the, the Jesus preaching, and they were saying to themselves, 
Maybe they're talking to each other. Do you understand what Jesus is saying? And they said, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. But because we're, ro we're rolling with him, maybe we'll just, yeah, yeah, go preach it. Jesus, go preach it. But, but then after that, they asked Jesus, you know what? Jesus, what were you talking about? We don't understand. So Jesus said uh, in verse 11, he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may, they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parables? So in other words, he was saying, if you don't understand this story, you will never understand the meaning of the kingdom of God. But to you, the secret has been given. So there's a secret to the kingdom, and it has been given to you. So, you know, you can say to the one beside you, say, neighbor, there's a secret to the kingdom of God. There's a secret to the kingdom of God. There is. You just need to find it. We just need to find the secret. So this preaching actually is the one that, well, this story, the parable of the service, the act, actually the one that made me become a Christian. It, this is the one that I became born again in this church. And when I became a Christian, uh, they, they gave me this Bible. And it's written there, what day? So, so I know my Christian birth is on the 16th of February, 2003. 2003. That's my Christian birth. <coughs> it's good because when I heard this parable, uh, I was sitting here, actually, with Sister Remy. I was sitting here. And I heard this parable and I was saying, that's me. That was me. So I came into a realization that I needed, I needed more. I need to know God more. And then, and then someone asked if someone wants to be saved. And I lift my hand up. And I was the only one lifting my hand up. <laughs> and and, I, and they, they prayed for me and I became a Christian. And then they said, you know, oh, welcome, welcome to the Christian life. And I said to myself, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> I don't know what, what this Christian life is. But then it's the start of something good. It's the start of something big. And, and now, now, now it would be befitting for me to preach this, uh, this parable to you guys and hope that you might have the same feeling that I have the first time I've heard it. So let's start with the opening of Mark. Mark opens the uh, chapter with um, saying that a crowd, a crowd has gathered to encounter Jesus Christ. A crowd has come in. And it's just not an um, ordinary crowd. It's, matter of fact, a large crowd. It's so large that there's not even a landmass left for Jesus to stand that he has to go on his boat and use his boat as a pulpit. So people are gathered there, and I think they're, as, as they're waiting for Jesus to talk, 
they have this expectation, they have this uh, expectation of to hear from the, uh, the, the word that will come out from the word of Christ, from, from the mouth of Christ, from the mouth of the master, from the mouth of the uh, commanding communicator who is the, uh, the most profound speaker that we have ever here. We, we, sh- we could have heard him talk now, but, you know, but those people who are there, they were like anticipating what he's going to say. So, so if you can imagine how they feel when they were there to hear the word from, from Jesus around there. So, so when Jesus was uh, preaching, like when, when I'm here now, it, it, it is a privilege for me to speak to this crowd because, you know, when we get to heaven, when I get to heaven, no one would want to hear me preach. No one would want to hear what I have to say because when we get there, the only one we want to hear is Jesus Christ. He's the one we only want to hear. None of these preachers, we, we don't want to hear, we don't want to hear any podcast when we are there. We only want to hear Jesus Christ because he knows how, how to say. He knows what to say. And the passage in Mark, this passage tells us uh, what, not just how Jesus preached, but on what Jesus preached. Jesus preached about the kingdom of God. So he, that's the only thing he preached. His kingdom, his rule. He, doesn't, he didn't really preach about, um, he didn't preach about deliverance. He just delivered people. He didn't even preach about uh, miracles. He just did miracles. He didn't even talk about being born again. In fact, he, the only time he, he talked about being born again was in a closed public um, room with a guy named Nicodemus. He, doesn't, he didn't even talk about um, the cross. He just went to the cross. He didn't even talk about resurrection. He just resurrected, and with his power, he he has beaten death, took the sting out of death, and with all glory and authority came out of the grave, looked at the grave and said, catch me outside, don't you, don't you, catch me outside. It was powerful. Jesus was powerful. (laughs) So he knows, he knows how to do it. He is a man of action. He is the man of action. So Mark with Mark, the Gospel of Mark, it is the shortest gospel that you can read because it focuses on the actions of Christ. Christ is a man of action. He, he, wants, he wants you to know that you serve a God that did stuff. He didn't just talk about it. He just do it. Maybe that's a word for someone here today. Don't just talk about it. Just do it. Quit talking about your dreams, just do it. Quit talking about t- getting your L's, just do it. <laughs> Quit talking about going to school, just do it. You know? <laughs> he is a man of action. So wouldn't you like that? Uh, someone, uh, you serve a God who just comes up in your life and just did stuff. Because Jesus is a man of action. And he is it's just not 
a man of action, he's, he also knows how to say it. Because Jesus, the Bible says, um, every time Jesus talked to the crowd, he talks in parables. Jesus was a storyteller. Jesus knew how to tell a story. He spoke to the crowd in parables. So what is a parable? A parable is an earthly story that conveys a heavenly reality. So it's an earthly story. The purpose of the parable is to articulate things that you can understand in hopes that you will unearth something that you cannot understand. Do you understand? <laughs> so it's like, it, it makes sense, but the actual story doesn't make sense. Well, but but that's, that's, that's how Jesus gets his truth in his story. He has to hide the truth in his story so that when he tells the story, it reveals spirits. So that someone who hears the story, whose spirit, will say, this doesn't make sense. Okay, let's make an example. This is what storytelling with Jesus would be like. I'll tell you a story. So one day, a bird flying south for winter was caught up in a snowstorm. As the snow falls into his wings, it melted slightly, then quickly froze. So the bird fell from the sky down to the ground in the middle of an open field. So when the bird was lying there, freezing to death, it says, this is the end. I'm going to die. This is the end. And then suddenly a cow out of nowhere came, came out of the open field, stood on top of the bird, and made a deposit. A stinking manure over the bird. And the bird was horrified. He said, I'm not only going to freeze to death, I'm going to die with manure all over me. Stinking manure all over me. So, um, but then, slowly, the warmth of the manure slowly thawed his wings. So he can flutter his wings. So he had his joy back. He was fluttering and he was chirping. Chirp, 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 chirp. But because he's a bird, he tweets as well. Says, so tweet, 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 chirp, 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 chirp. But because of the tweeting and the chirping, a cat heard it, came over to the bird, dug him out, and ate it. He who has an ear, let him hear. All right, good night. So, so that's, that's, how, that's how it is with Jesus. That's how we story time with Jesus. He just does that. So, most of you would say, you know, if, if that was my preaching, you'd say, um, okay, um, that's it. Let's have lunch before we run out of food. So, but perchance one of you, maybe one of you might think, this doesn't make sense. I need to know the meaning of that. I need, I need to know. I need to find out. So, so say, say, Josh, Josh would say, oh, I need, to, I need to know, I need to know what, what, what Alvin was saying. So he's calling his friends, you know, I, I, need to, I need to call Alvin. Do you have his number? Do you have his number? No one knows my number. 
No one knows my number. So he keeps calling everyone, all his friends who knows me, no one knows me. Well, so they don't have my number. But then someone said, oh, I don't have his number, but I have his address. So Josh would say, okay, I'll come to his place and ask him about this story. So he drove in, he gets his car, driving to my place, and then suddenly his car stopped. And then he got frustrated. I have to come. I have to go see him. So he had a revelation. He said, my car is broken, but my phone is not. Uber, it is. So he called up Uber. Uber, can you get me and drive me to this place? And Uber said, I'm Uber here. So he comes to Uber. Uber drives him to my place and, and knocks on my door, and I'm not there. I'm not, not at home. He was knocking there. So he was pacing around my my, my uh, front of my house saying, oh, I have to wait for, I have to know what this story is. And then suddenly I came and then I let Josh in and said, Josh was asking me, hey, that story just blew my mind, but I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. Can you tell me the secret? And I'll tell, I'll tell Josh. Josh, this, the meaning of that story is simple. It's threefolds. One, not everyone who drops manure on you is your enemy. Number two, not anyone who digs you out of manure is your friend. And number three, when you're in manure, keep your mouth shut and don't even think about tweeting. So that's the revelation. That's the revelation. So, so why did... Josh got that revelation. Josh got that revelation that none of you has gotten because he wanted more. He wanted more of the story. He wanted more of what it means. He has just uh, gave us an example, the difference between a casual churchgoer and someone who wants to seek the Lord. He has just given us an example, the difference between religion and relationship. Josh has given us an example of being someone who's in the crowd and someone who is a disciple. You know the difference between a crowd and a disciple? The crowd is just satisfied with the story. But the disciple, he wanted to know the Savior. The crowd is just satisfied with the miracles. But the disciple wanted to see the miracle maker. The disciple, the, the crowd, is just satisfied with, um, with the oh, I lost, sorry. With the story. But the disciple was saying, "No, I'm interested, and I wanted more." I wanted to have an intimate information. You see, God will give you information to the level of your interest. God will give you information to the level of your interest. In Matthew 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So that's how we should go. We, we, we don't want to be just a casual churchgoer who just comes to church and be on cruise control and go home and like nothing happens. We, we, we want to, to learn more. We want to know God more. 
That is why the disciple got the parable. So you see, the crowd gets the story, but the disciple gets the secret. Because the disciple are the only ones who were there, who are still there, who stick around to learn, to ask Jesus the meaning. The other, the, the crowd, they just went, went home and they're just happy with the story. They're just happy, oh yeah, it, it, I feel good, I'm good, I, I'll just go home. But the disciples, no, they wanted more. They want, they want everything. They know that Jesus is king, that he's got a kingdom that is unshakable, and they want to, to know more of, of him. So that's why they left everything. Jesus only told them to come, follow me, and they left everything. They left their businesses, they left their jobs, they left their family just to follow him, to follow Jesus. That is why it says to you, not to the crowd, to you, the secret of the kingdom is revealed. So the disciples get secrets, the crowd gets stories. So in Psalm 25, verse 14, it says, The Lord confides to those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. So, so God will show us the way. God will show us the secret if we ask for it. If we seek him. Because you can't get a secret without seeking. You have to seek. No one wants to seek. It takes too long. No one wants to seek. It's like at home, my, my, my son would say, Dad, where's my phone? I'd say, ah, I don't know. Ask me where my phone is. I know where my phone is. But I don't know your phone. What, when, you, when you look for your phone, do you use your eyes to look for your phone or you use your mouth to look your, for your phone? No, it's like, it's just, you, it's, just easier to ask, right? My, my daughter's much um, uh, smarter. She'll just say, can you ask Siri to find my phone? <laughs> just because they don't want to seek. They don't, it's, it's too long. Because this culture, we're in an instant, instant culture now. We're, we want Instagram. We have photos right now. We want Facebook Live. We want to, to, to know everything now. We need information now. We just stream movies. We don't have to go to the movies anymore. Well, maybe. But some of us don't need to go to the movies anymore. So you just stream them instant. Instagram, Facebook. Um, before, you, you, you write a message, you send it to the mail, and it takes like two days, three days to get to the next person. But now it's just an email. The email just right away. It's just there once you open and don't you hate messaging someone who's always on the phone and then when it takes them like an hour to message you back? I don't understand. <laughs> but that's how it is. It's always that way. It's always we want everything now. But the kingdom of God, is, is how can we reconcile our instant culture to the culture of the kingdom of God? Because the kingdom of God is always the opposite. You know, Jesus is always playing hashtag opposite day. It's like saying, you, you, want to, to, you, want, you want to find your life? Go ahead, lose your life. 
know, you want to be at the top, you want to be at the best. Jesus says, no, no, you have to be at the bottom. Start at the bottom and be the least. You know, that's that's how Jesus talks. You know, he he says, you you want to get back at the person who hurt you, who persecuted you, and Jesus says, no, no, you have you, you forgive them. That's how Jesus said. So it's always the opposite way. So if you want to you want to change right now in a snap, in a snap, I can't snap. And they will say, no, my, my kingdom doesn't work with snaps. My kingdom work with a seed. You see, sometimes um, you'll hear someone saying, you know, this is, this is your moment. This is your day. Go change your life now. Well, it's, it's sort of true. It's true. It's true. It is your moment. It is your day. But the, the, the concept of the seed is that when you planted a seed, that moment when you planted a seed, um, nothing happens. But because of that moment, everything will change. The moment the seed was planted, everything, not, everything didn't change in that moment. But in that moment, everything can change. Everything can change in the moment. It will take some caring. It will take some cultivation, some watering. It will take some time. It will take some time for the seed that was planted to produce. It won't produce like overnight. It's not like when you planted something, and it, it, and the next time, the next thing you know, it's is like it's already a big tree. No, it takes some time. It needs cultivation. So the thing is, if the seed that you planted did not produce, did you know that there's nothing wrong with the seed, but there's something wrong with the soil? something wrong with the soil. This is the reason Jesus was saying that if you don't understand this, you won't understand anything because how do you know, how, how many of you know that the this, this seed is the constant in the story? The seed is the, content, the constant in the story. The only thing that changes in the story is the soil. Because the seed, the seed is the word, the word of God. Do you know that the word of God doesn't change, it doesn't break, it doesn't bend, there's no loopholes in it. It's the word of God. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the word of God. So it doesn't change. So when the seed that you planted, that's the word of God, it doesn't change. So there's nothing wrong with the word. There's something wrong with the soil. So sometimes when, when you hear people say, you know, I've, I've been at church and it seems like nothing's happening, nothing's changing. You know, I, I'm not growing. That's what we always hear. I, I'm not growing a church. Maybe I'll go somewhere else. But it's, there's nothing wrong with the seed. So there's something wrong with your soil. With your soil. So if you, you look, there's a soil. That's your soil because... There's no farmers here, so I'll, I'll change it so someone will understand. 
if you take the I out and you put you in, it will change to your soul. Your soul. So the soul, the soil is your soul. Did you get that? Soil is soul. This is, it'll, it'll make sense because our soul is damaged. You know, when, when we were, um, when we came into this world, when, when we came in on your birthday, you're, you're, you came alive, but your spirit is dead and your soul is damaged. So you're alive, your spirit is dead, and your soul is damaged. So what damaged our souls? Our soul was damaged because we are all part of Adam's family. Adam was the one who messed, it up, messed us up. He messed us up. So we came into this world already messed up. But hopefully this happens to you that when you had an encounter with Jesus Christ and a seed was planted in your soul, in your spirit, so you just let that, that seed just grow inside of you and make it uh, penetrate into your soul so that it changes your life because your body listens to what your soul says. So if you let that seed of the word get into you, then it will change your life. So, so you know, so no wonder some of us has been saved. Some of us have been saved, but our life is still filthy because it's nothing, did nothing about the soil. He didn't do anything about the soil. He just listened to the word, and then you just got that. So, in James 1, verse 21, it says, James, James is talking to believers in here, so he says, So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God that has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your soul. So your spirit is safe, but your soul is being safe. So, so you, have to, you have to change your soil. You have to take care of your soil. If you, so if you don't have change in your life today, there is nothing wrong with the seed or God's word, but there is something wrong with your soul. So the, I think the question today is, how is your soul? It's not how are you, because you know, that's just a normal great thing. It's not just how are you, kids, but how is your soul? Because God can transform anything in your life until the seed of the word comes in your spirit and goes into your soul. So we're almost finished. We'll just, we'll just give you a quick types of soul. There are four types of soul that the Bible was saying. So the first one, is a callous soul. Calloused. Calloused soul. Calloused. What's calloused? Calloused. It's hard. Callio. Mm-hmm. Your foot, right? And it irritates you, right? And you have to put moisturizers and bones and stuff. So that's the callous soul. So the callous soul is the farmer sows the word 
some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So the callousol, they are the worst people to preach to. Because they don't want to be here. They don't want to hear about it. Even if they're here, they don't, they're not really here. They're just looking on their phone, checking their Facebook. Uh, maybe, you know, status is callous soul or something. But they're not really here. <laughs> Hashtag callous soul. So it's, it's not, they're not really here. They're the worst people to talk to. They don't want to hear about it. And you know that, it, that God is the one who's the sower. Because if it were me, I wouldn't want to to put seeds onto these callous souls because they don't want to hear it anyway. But because of God's grace and his love for you, he will do whatever it takes so that that seed will come into you because he loves you so much that he will do anything because he, he wants you to receive the power of the seed. That's how you know it's God because God loves you so much. That even with your callous soul, he still wants you to hear his word. So, the next one is the shallow soul. The shallow soul. So, others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. So, they hear the word and they, oh, I'm so blessed with that word. I'm so blessed. I'm so happy. That's the shallow soul. So they're happy. I'm happy. Oh, I'm blessed. My kids, they're all doing well at, at, at school, and I have a good health. You know, I have work. I have a new car. I have a new house. They're so happy. These are the ones you say, Halle. Oh, that's not. <laughs> you say, Hallelujah. Come on. It's meant to be you. <laughs> you say, Praise the Lord. <laughs> they're so happy, but then. When life hits, when life hits, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So once life hits, once their Instagram followers goes away, they're like, I don't want to go to church. Maybe, not, maybe next week. But not today. <laughs> it's too shallow. These are the ones who are full of joy and they fall away when they feel persecuted. They don't have deep, deep roots. You see, the shallow soil, is, there's no rocks at the top. There's dirt at the top, so it went in. But then there's rocks at the bottom. So it hit the rocks, so it didn't really penetrate in. And then they die quickly. So the third one is the worried soul. The worried soul. So the word soul, still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of other things come in and choke the word and make it unfruitful. So these are the ones who hear the words, uh, loves God, receive the word, but then it hits 
the level of weariness. So they love God. Yes, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But then it hits your weariness. What will happen if? What, what will I do if? So they get worried. So it's like, you know, when, when you go, when you go to a hotel, you know, we all go vacations and we go to a hotel. When you go to a hotel with us, we don't, you know how they have cabinets where you can put your stuff? We don't do that. We just leave our clothes in the luggage and open it up and just pulls it out. I don't know if someone does that. And, and when you're at a hotel, you don't really buy stuff and decorate the hotel room. You don't do that, right? Because that is not your home. It's not your home. You're just there temporarily. It's just a temporary. You don't even stay there. You just go out. And then you just stay there and sleep. It's not your home. It's the same here. Earth is not our home. This is not our home. Our home is eternity. So don't get worried. You know, when, when you're in a hotel, you don't really worry about you know, you, you come out and you, you get in and then everything's, like all the sheets are nice again. And all, the, uh, all the towels are new. You don't worry about those things, right? So it's the same here. This is not our home. Heaven is our home. So don't get worried. And number four is the healthy soul. So this is the one who hears the word of God and embraces it, who understands that you cannot grow the seed just by coming to church. You can't just grow your seed just by coming to church. If this is the only, um, the only way you can communicate with God, that's no wonder your soul is damaged. This is just a seed. What I'm telling you is just a seed. What you have to do is you bring that seed to your place, cultivate it, and take care of it, and then it will grow and will show something that wasn't there. And you can be what God can make you to be. So because this is not the sum total, this is the church is not the sum total, you have to go out. So what you hear at church is just the seed of the word. So you need to plant it. Let it grow inside of you. Let it nourish and then it will come out as uh, the way that God has planned you to be. In every single case of the seed, the word did not get deep enough. It was a depth problem. It didn't go deep enough. The callous people, the word did not even hit them and the enemy takes it. The shallow people get in, but it didn't go deep. Worried people gets in, but goes to the level of the worries and chokes them. The healthy people allow the seed to get all the way in and transform your life. Healthy souls allow the word to get in. If you have a healthy soul, it's easier for the word to get in you. Don't just come to church. That's the crowd. You don't want to be the crowd. You want to know the secret. So you need to go and seek. If we are going to extend the kingdom, we are going to need some healthy souls. 
so that people can look at your life and not just see the dirt, but see some fruit. Can I ask Kim to play some background for me, please? So, uh, so the thing is, uh, church, church is like going to your favorite restaurant. You know when you go to your favorite restaurant, you sit down, you have nice music playing in the background, you know, you're sitting down, and they have a recorded menu. You know the restaurant? They have a recorded menu. So you look at that menu. The recorded menu is, is what is available for you. So you look at the menu and say, oh, this but that doesn't fill you right you're still hungry still hungry you want so you call the waiter and the waiter comes in and the waiter is the proclaimer of the menu he is the one who will tell you oh, this is good this is our specialty this will not fit you but you know this is good I've tried it I can testify to that. I can testify to that. But then, it's not even enough. Someone who tells you the menu is not enough. You're still not filled. So what you do is you order your food. The food comes in and you feel, oh, this is nice. It smells nice. It's so good. But still hasn't filled you up. So what you do is you break it down. You break it down and then put it in your mouth and then you say mm, this is nice I like this I want this but no one just chews the food and spit it out no one spits out your food you don't spit it out the next step is you ingest it and then you get filled so you can't just read God's word which is the menu. You can't just let a waiter like me to proclaim the word of God. You need to get out and let it come into you, inside of you, and ingest it so that it can produce a harvest. So my question for you today is, how good is your soul?
want to be the crowd who just listens and just be satisfied with what is fed to them. We want to know you intimately and Lord, learn more about your kingdom. We want to know the secret, Lord. We want to May your seed come into our life, into our soul, so that people will see the dirt. and sisters, with a flat tire, with a bad attitude, it's a struggle. Amen? So if we want to change our attitudes, we, we want to have a, a good uh, journey, we change the flat tire. Amen? We replace it. Praise God. With a good tire. Amen? Not a, not a poorer tire or a worse tire, but a better tire. Amen? And that's how we change our Lord. Now uh, let's uh, uh, prepare our hearts for our